we going to the Oilers? I mean, come on, ten games is ten games. Let's be real. Uh, that's fine. Let's I'm just real. saying, you know, there's to me, there's a certain. Here's the thing, though. Then you, you, go, you go, but then you go, but then you go, but then you go ten games. Then you go also one of the best teams since January, going on three months. I'll take it. But you'll take it, but I'm not going to take it. I think it's a bunch of bullshit. You don't know, man. No, no just I don't, don't really. That's why I stick to mixed martial arts, man, because I don't pay attention to hockey and I don't try to talk about it too much because people make fun of me. That's why I stick I to hockey. Take it. That's why I stick to hockey and don't watch mixed martial arts. You're such a liar. Just kidding. Texting me every week. You are listening to the Hurt Take. As you may have noticed, there's a different voice on the podcast this week. Uh, our buddy Mitch is off in the Neverlands somewhere, unable to find a consistent Wi-Fi signal. That tells you something about the way Mitch lives his life. So for this week, we got a guest co-host. His name's Tay. Cray Tay. Taylor Wasluck. How are we gonna call what are we gonna call you? Cray Tay from Abe. Cray Tay from Abe. AKA Just Bleed, baby. Woo-woo! Just kidding. That's why we brought him in. He's an entertaining guy. He's gonna he's a big MMA fan. I watched some of the MMA with uh, Mr. Cray Tay from Abe. Don't always agree. Never, but uh, but I, res- I respect your opinion. I like it a bit more action-packed. You like it a bit more, you know, slow on the mat. See, the funny thing is... Lay and pray, if I if I do say. The, the funny thing is, Bayless is always ripping me for that. He's always like, well, your boy Gunnar Nelson, of course yeah. you'd cheer for him. Gunny? Gunny's, Gunny's a beauty. Gunny, is make, he's making moves, I will say. Damn right. Damn right. So you are listening to The Hurt Take. This is the MMA show from a couple of fans. To the fans, the UFC's on a break this week. There's not, there's nothing this week until, well, nothing this week, and then next week segues into the next pay-per-view, UFC 210, Cormier versus Johnson. Rumble. Rumble. I'm looking forward to that fight. I'm looking forward to it. I think it's going to be a good time. I think it'll probably turn out exactly the same as the first one, but that's just me. Man, D... Does Rumble have it, is my question. Listen, all I remember is Henry Hoof spent the whole first fight yelling, Don't give up, Anthony! Don't give up! So that tells me something about like his mental fragility. But we'll come back to AJ in a bit, because we've got a segment. We're going to talk, talk something fun on this episode. First, we're going to talk about something else. Because there's no UFC this week, there is Bellator. So we're going to talk a little bit about Bellator. I know, it's the other MMA promotion, but people, for God's sakes, the sport needs to have more than one promotion, okay? Can't just be the UFC. We see the way they're doing business these days. It's like a freaking beauty pageant. We need some real fights. Bellator, okay, well, they don't yeah, always Yeah, well, I was going to say, <laughs> wait a minute. Where are you going Boyce with this? Boyce Gracie versus Ken Shamrock. But, lately, Bellator has been signing some pretty nice names. Some, some ex-UFC guys, obviously. Um, but you got Rory McDonald's in there now. You have a Phil Davis. He's been there for a bit. Mitrione. Uh, and they just signed a couple new guys. Lorenz Larkin and Michael McDonald. What do you think of these two signings? I know maybe you don't, you know, you're not as big a fan of Michael McDonald and, and you'll have your reasons, but do you see this as a sign of something going on? Like, like UFC keeps on signing these Bellator, or, um, Bellator keeps signing these UFC cast-offs. I mean, but they're pretty good fighters for the most part. Yeah, I mean, I like Lorenz. He's coming off a couple decent wins, right? Magny yeah. and 
and Masvidal, yeah. I believe, right? He's a contender in the UFC. He's He was getting there. What did they pay him, you know? To, to leave. I actually have no Not idea sure, what right? they paid him, yeah. Dan- I, don't, I don't think those details have actually come out at Dana all. Dana White probably, he buried the dead and buried, but uh, he wouldn't let that get out. Well, I think the contract, like, it was a seven-month, he wasn't signed for seven months or something like that. That's so clearly, he, they were both playing hardball, and he was not getting what he thought he, he was didn't supposed get. to get. Fair enough. Um, no, a name like Larkin, I mean, here's my question about Bellator, though, is are they are they building with quality, or are they trying to just get the average the average fan in based on name value? I mean, Larkin... Probably not a name that most casual fans would would necessarily know. What people? Everyone knows Typhoon. Lorenz. Everyone knows Larkin. Typhoon and those badass haircuts. But um, no, I mean, you know what? He's. I like it. You know, you want you're gonna build quality divisions. Look, guys like Lorenz Larkin, they can put up a good fight. And I believe is he not fighting for the title? Yeah, he's fighting right Douglas Lima. His first fight is gonna be for the title at Bellator 180. Their their Madison Square Garden. So they clearly think that he's a big talent. He's a guy that they're gonna. I mean, they're not gonna give it. They didn't even give Roy McDonald an immediate title shot when they signed him. I know he's been on the shelf for a while, but same division. So maybe that's what they're doing. Build build it up, right? You know, it's. Uh, I mean, the interesting about it is, these are all quality fighters. These are guys who have proven themselves in the UFC. But okay. Which brings us to our next, our next subject. You you like Lorenz Larkin? You seem to think that that's a good signing. That's Solid. a quality thing for Bellator. Yep. But you're not a fan. Uh, not a fan of Michael Nate McDonald. Mike, What's up, Michael McDonald? Okay. First of all, who? Mike Michael McDonald. I just feel like that's his Mike name. <laughs> Michael McDonald. Michael McDonald. Um, uh, he of the Uriah Faber victory. Oh wait, no that. Didn't, didn't exactly get over old uh, butt chin there, did he? Uh, uh, Hennem Burrell, I mean, John Lineker, don't get me wrong. Names, quality fighters. Yeah. But we're going back, I mean, Brad Pickett, 2013, like, we're, we're going back a long way, and I'm not, I'm not seeing the quality victories that, uh, that he should have. I mean, what is he, 16, 17, and 4, something like that? Yeah. The, the yeah. record is there, but I mean... 3-3 three and three in his last six, right? I think that's what he's lost because of his, the Faber loss, and then the Hennenberg, His All his losses really have started out with the Hennenborough loss. He lost to Hennen, and then it was a win, and then a loss, and then a win, and then a loss. And then I think he won his most recent one. But... What, why are you gonna? Why are you gonna figure? I mean, that, that, that's tough. He's for one. He's twenty six. This guy had a title shot when he was, I think it was twenty three or twenty one years. He was one of the youngest guys to ever get a crack at a title, you know, for good reason. He was starching dudes. He looked real good. I beat Miguel Torres. I mean, well, listen, not, not, at not the time, bad. Miguel Torres wasn't known as the guy who, you know, was total garbage. Obviously, <laughs> no, that's I'm, that's what I'm saying. Is like Miguel Torres had a good thing going. I'll give him credit for that. But I mean. Where have you been lately? I mean, you take some time away, you're banged up. That's that's fine, but I mean, come on, man. I mean, you're you're looking at Masanori Kanahara as his last victory, like the legendary. Masanori the who? Yeah. Well, yeah. hey, fair enough. Pride I mean, of the I don't know if you know why. Japan somewhere. I'm just gonna go for Japan. 
props to you, man. But no, I uh, I come like Donald. Like okay, that's fair stick, enough. Stick to singing. That's fair enough. But he's come on, man. So, that just hurts same, feelings. That's not the same one. It's not the same guy. No. But that's still a quality signing. He's a. I mean, in Bellator, I think that he's you know he's a top top five guy. And who's to say that this? He's twenty six. Who's to say that those losses weren't just sort of a mid career blip? This is also a guy who said he couldn't actually afford to do a full training camp. So for all we know, for all we know, Michael McDonald probably wasn't, didn't have the greatest resources at his disposal while he was making on the up and up when he had that title shot. He was just all pure talent. And you know what? Uh, well, fair. I'll give him credit. 17 wins, 15 by either submission or uh, stoppage. So I'm saying. I mean, I'll give the, give the guy credit, but uh, I don't know. I got to see it. I got to see it. Well, I think you will see it, so I think you need to just back off Mayday. Mayday. You need to yeah, back May- off Mayday. Mayday for his career is more likely, buddy. That's, that's all well, I'm you know, listen, if he comes into Bellator and he starts losing, then we should definitely be worried, but we'll see how it goes. He doesn't even have a fight booked yet. Now, a fight that is booked, <laughs> big pay-per-view show for Bellator, Madison Square Garden, this is this one. I feel like this one needs a name. Like they don't even need to give Maz. It should be like Bellator One Eighty, the toughening, the toughening. You know, these guys finally get to go at it after all this time. Chael Sonnen, Chael P. Sonnen, the what, the gangster of West Lynn or whatever that his bullshit was, versus the uh, the axe murderer of Brathu. What do you think of this fight? You gotta love this fight. I know you're a sucker for this kind of fight. This is, uh, yeah, you know, I'm, uh, I'm a big fan of The Apprentice. So my man Chael, <laughs> wasn't he, he kicked he, off for cheating? He got a raw deal, but you know what? I respect the guy. Does what it takes to win. Now I don't mean to to, to get off topic, but uh, no, you know what? I I, I love Chael. I, I respect his honesty. You know, regarding uh, PEDs and, and whatnot. <sighs> But where 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 are we going with Chael here? Is my question. Career wise, like, why are they using him for? Well, you know, no, I, I I get it. He's a name, right? Fair enough. But I mean, we got not to to jump ahead, but I mean, we've got another fight on the card that has the legend in mixed martial arts, Matt Mitrione. Oh, I'm sorry, I thought we were talking Meathead. About okay. <laughs> Meathead. Fedor Emelianenko, yes. Mr. Fedor, right? But, uh, no, I just... I like I like Chael, but, you know, is he not just at this point where he's he's running his mouth, he's gonna, you know, at this, like... Cause is this their first pay-per-view, I believe, Bellator? Is this the no, first? this will be their second. Second, okay. Yeah. But, nonetheless, I mean, you know Chael's mouth is gonna, is gonna sell some pay-per-views. He's gonna bring, a, uh, you know, the fans in based on, you know, not only his mouth, but his name recognition. But, I just... Is he really training? I mean, is that is this just not a payday? I don't know. He I, always seems to me like he's a guy who comes ready to go. But I will agree with you about the what are we talking about here? Because to me, I just don't like. Have did we forget that Chael Sonnen was never really that amazing a fighter? Like, did we forget that somewhere along the way? I think Anderson Silva made him a lot of money. Exactly. Yeah. He came out and he. He beat up Anderson Silva, who, you know, in retrospect, 
had a broken rib going into that fight. Oh, so, I mean, that, yeah. in Anderson's defense, yeah, okay, yeah, he had a broken yeah, rib. Yeah. So, Sonnen was able to take advantage of, of a guy who was injured yeah. and also a stylistic matchup that favored him for sure. Mm-hmm. Beat him up, and that was it. Then he, he got another rematch. He And then after that, what was it like? One of his only quality wins after that, I think, was, uh, I want to say, the Rashad fight. Other than that, like... He went up against Jones, cashed in on his notoriety by going up and, sit, quote, saving a pay-per-view to fight John Jones. Got yeah. annihilated. Yeah, it didn't, didn't really add much at the end of the day. No, no and, and, and then largely in every fight since has not looked like an amazing fighter. He's looked exactly like the guy who, you know, he's a hardworking, he's the, the quintessential... He's the NFL player that a coach would be like, I want my whole team to be CLP Sonnens. They all work real hard, mm. but they're not the guys you win games with. Chael Sonnen is not a champion. I don't consider him a contender. He comes out, he has that fight against Tito Ortiz where he has the awkward, he loses in such awkward fashion, people were actually thinking it was a work. And now he's going to come up against friggin' uh, Vanderlei Silva, who is also at that point where it's like, mm. he's a one-trick pony, he's going to come in windmilling haymakers and that's going to be what it is so are these is this are we at this point where this kind of fight is only being booked because at the end of the day it can sell stuff it's not even about the quality of the fight anymore it's about the quality of the recognition and the value that they can bring you put them together you make a bit of money but if in any other capacity this is not a quality fight well and i think you're exactly right i mean it's it's interesting you look at the the online pundits out there who you know every it seems like every signing lately whether it's you know anyone who has somewhat of a name value the fans go oh you know it's it's good to see bellators you know really it's good to see that you know that added competition and uh you know it's um you know obel you know they're they're adding they're they're building that stable of you know of fighters but are they are they building a stable of names or are they are they truly starting to push the UFC. I mean, you look at a guy like Rory. I mean, that's that's a great signing. Even a guy like Lorenz Larkin, like we we, we just talked about. I mean, Lorenz. You know, he has a couple quality fights in his last few in the UFC. It's not like you're signing Lorenz off the scrap heap. Yeah. But then you run out. You know this this main event, and it's like you know. I don't know, man. I don't get it. They're not doing anything that's that different from the UFC. Like, anyone who wants to look at the UFC and the way that they're doing business right now and the whole booking money fights and all this stuff and how... If, if you have a problem with that, then you should have a problem with what Bellator is doing because they are not doing anything different. They've got... Like, the Hoist Gracie-Ken Shamrock fight. Kimbo Slice versus... Kimbo Slice versus Dada fight. Dada. Some of these fights are legitimately... Like, how did they even get uh, sanctioned? They had to go to Texas where there's barely a commission yep. to get these fights sanctioned. So they're not doing anything that different from the UFC. The thing is that if Roy McDonald is on the open market and you're Bellator, you're damn right that you're trying to sign his ass. Like, it's just a binary equation. If he's there, you try to sign him. Sure. So it's not like I think Bellator is some genius. Like, they're really going out there and they're building this. They're just doing what is most logical. Oh, Phil Davis is available. The UFC doesn't want him. Well, hell yeah, we're going to sign his ass. Benson Henderson's a free agent. Hell yeah, we're gonna sign his ass. Well, they've got a little bit of money. Viacom backs them. You're gonna sign these guys. But here's but here's my question though: is like you, it's an interesting uh, point you just said about um, with Davis is 
UFC let him go or UFC doesn't want him, sign him. Does that not right there say exactly, kind of make the argument is UFC didn't want him or didn't want, maybe didn't want him, but didn't want to, to spend the money necessarily. Is if you're shining the scraps, are you really competing? Promotion versus promotion. Yeah. And I mean, I mean, you're talking, you're talking, yeah, UFC's not doing anything different, but I mean, when UFC's bringing in names, they're bringing in Brock Lesnar. Yeah. Who, love him or hate him, say what you will about him. He's one of the big pay-per-view draws of all time. Is, is a big draw. And you know what? He's freaking juiced to the gills, but he shows up yeah. ready to go. I mean, we're looking at, at, uh, at a main event where it's like, you know, is this not... Is this not a 45 seconds, maybe two minutes written all over it, and that's that? I mean... Or even worse is it's five freaking rounds of, <laughs> of Chael P. Sonnen grinding his chest into Vanderlei's face, which it could very well be if Vanderlei doesn't bother with takedown defense. Who knows? I mean, it, it is an interesting dynamic. It, I'm... I like that Bellator at least is trying to maintain a quality mixed martial arts product for a hardcore fan. So that, you know, for those who, like me, like to watch Phil Davis fight, I might not always come out of an entertained, but at least I can say, man, Phil Davis is really, really good at what he does. And then they try and balance that with this stuff that's just total circus clown crazy. Just the same way the UFC is essentially trying to do it. The difference is that the UFC is the benefit of this, like, these exponentially uh, needle-moving brand name people, like bringing in CM Punk, who it's a total garbage fight, but CM Punk is a massive name in the world of sports entertainment. Sure. So, Bellator is doing the same thing. The UFC, they're they're. I feel like they have kind of the same business model. It's just the UFC is playing with nicer toys. That's pretty much it. Okay, I have to ask you a question, then flip it around a little bit. As we've just talked about, you know, in terms of the name draws, is Fedor at that point? Is Fedor purely a name draw? Is there does he have anything left? Uh, as a fighter, I think he's got like my fingers are an inch apart. He's got about that much left. Like I think that he can still bring some kind of magic because it's to me it's one of those things where it's he's one of the greats ever. He he has one you know, like, uh, I have a theory about movies, all right? Every movie, I, I bet bad, You have a theory about movies, okay. Yeah. Give it, Shocker. Hear, hear me out Shocker. Uh, every movie, <laughs> good or bad, has at least one moment in it where you think, wow, that was an inspired moment. Like, every garbage movies, Transformers, you know, and a Michael Bay movie. Michael Bay has a really good eye. So every one of his movies you watch, you say, that isn't actually, like, a striking image, even though this is a garbage dump fire of a movie you're talking about megan fox right oh, is that man. where we're going she's anyways striking she's, good eye yeah she's Let's go. beautiful beautiful i was actually talking about shia labeouf bam what a guy uh just do it just do it now oh man the point being that fedor Emelianenko is one of the greatest of all time and i still think that he can have a flash moment where he does something amazing do I think it will be in this fight? Do I think it will be soon? Do I think it will be in each and every fight? No. I mean, he's kind of due at this point to do something amazing again because he hasn't done anything amazing in his last two or three fights. So, hey, maybe, just maybe, we'll see a little bit of the old Fedor. More than likely not. Who did he fight? What was his last fight? 
his last fight was Fa- Fabio Maldonado. Also the known fight as... that you texted me while it was happening yeah. and said, this is the worst fight I've ever seen in my life. The best announcing I've ever seen in my life. <laughs> the worst fight I've ever seen in my life. It There's was a not. reason why, uh, who was it? I believe Rampage called him Ball Blah Blah Blah. Was it not? <laughs> Didn't even know his name. Um, oh, that was rough. That was, oh. Yeah. Well, Russia. That's Russia for you, though. You go that, fight yeah. there, you're going to fight by their judges, so... Anyways. All right. If you're listening, you probably love the content that we're putting out, right? Just a guess. Okay. Maybe you do, maybe you don't. Maybe you get pissed off at a few things we say, but you're listening. So here's the deal. We need your help. Go to iTunes and subscribe to the show, not the public podcasts. Review us, rate us, every little bit helps. Check our website out, notthepublicbroadcaster.com. Clicks are huge for us too. Make sure you visit, make sure you listen, and make sure you give us a little bit of love. Now, I'll take you back to the show. Speaking of Rampage Jackson, we're moving on to our... This is the fun segment of the show. This is the fun. This is the fun. In honor of Anthony Johnson headlining the next UFC card with Daniel Cormier, we're going to talk about the five top head cases in MMA history. Because Anthony Johnson, no doubt about it, he's a head case. I mean, this this is a dude who's had domestic violence allegations. He's allegedly. A guy who, allegedly. Allegedly. Alleg- he's a guy who... Uh, flipped out at a lady who was doing yoga at a gym through her yoga mat. He's a head case, you know. Like I said, Henry, and then even in the cage, Henry hooped yelling, don't give up, AJ, as Cormier is friggin' ragdolling him around. This guy is a head case. So we're going to talk about the top five head cases, in our opinion, in MMA history. Tay, Let's do it. Who's, no particular order, who's one of your top five head cases of all time? Oh, Top five head cases. You know, this this might be a little unfair because from what I've heard, he's actually not a horrible guy outside of the ring or outside of the octagon. Sorry, the ring. I'm going to go Tim Sylvia. <laughs> Any man, grown man, that walks around a supermarket or a shopping mall wearing a belt, whether you have worked your entire life to win it, it was your goal from the time you were a young child, I don't care. He wore the championship belt in public. The UFC heavyweight strap. The UFC heavyweight championship strap. Like, you look at the guy and you kind of understand why. But, (laughs) I mean, what are you thinking? He's the pride of Maine. He's probably one, you know, wanted everyone he grew up with to see he made it. Who, it, who's that old school? Who trained him? It was uh, Mil, was Militich. It not Militich? Militich Fighting Systems. And who else? Who came from the Militich? Was that not the Hughes guy? Yep. The Hughes boys? Matt Hughes, Robbie Lawler got his start there. Um, they had a whole bunch of guys. Um, oh, the name just escaped me. But in the early days of MMA, that was that was the place to be. That was it. Right? That in the lion's den, Ken Shamrock's lion's den. So Tim Sylvia was... You know, they would say that Tim Sylvia is actually one of their first, their first great 
built-in home project. He was a guy who didn't have any particular amount of talent when he walked in. He was a big, they said, he, this is part of the reason he was a head case, too. He walked into their gym, he was this big, soft, doughy guy. And he left and, a big, soft, doughy and guy. And he left a big, soft, doughy guy. But they gave him the nickname and started making fun of how he was soft yeah. around the midsection. Had a little bit of a gut. Yeah. And apparently it got to him really hard. And he would cry, break down in tears and, and training and total head case. So walking around a supermarket with your title belt, sort of like a bit of a compensating thing. Or maybe he was just trying to compensate. Like, hey, I'm not doughy anymore. I'm a UFC heavyweight champion. <laughs> yeah, I'm sorry. And you know what? When you leave a, a dollar of crap in your pants in the ring, <laughs> I head case. I'm sorry. Which was that? He crapped himself in the ring. Which fight was that? Oh, one of his... Uh, I, I vaguely recall he's, this. He's famous for being the guy that had that little dollar. Oh, let's let's move on. I'm going to throw up. <laughs> All right. Another top five head case. I'm going to go with Rusimar Palhares, a guy who not as many people, unless you, you pay a lot of attention to MMA, know about. Rusimar is a bit of a head case in the sense of, like, does this guy, is he... A sociopath. Legit. Is he a sociopath? Famed for his leg locks, which are banned in a lot of Brazilian jiu-jitsu competitions because they're so dangerous to the knee joint, tearing up ligaments and stuff. He's re his reputation is that he holds on to leg locks too long. He got kicked out of the UFC because he held on to leg locks too long. Oh, wasn't it an arm bar as well? I thought there was an arm bar there. Maybe not. No, I think they were all knee locks. Like, he he knees, actually right? like messed up uh, Mike Pierce. Held on. The referee's in there they shaking were... him. Mike Pierce is screaming his head off. It was kind of a terrifying scene to watch. Yeah. You know, I. it's it's an interesting balance to watch someone that talented, too. I mean, like you said, yeah. famed famed for his ground game, right? You know, you're talking about knee lock. How often? Like, you don't see that in MMA. Not really. You know, so you have a guy that talented who's who's pulling out, you know, submissions and whatnot, in, in just such a an interesting fashion. Where where does that come from? Is it just is it is it the sense that he just can't take the you know the pre fight trash and the hostility there, or is he just a head case? I don't I don't know. I mean, like like uh, you look at him also when he you know he which fight was it? Cel he celebrated early. Oh jeez, uh, I can't remember who he was fighting. Oh. But for anyone who doesn't, who doesn't, he had an opponent in a submission, thought the guy tapped, assumed the tap, assumed, yep. let go, and ran across the cage and jumped up and like straddled the cage. And Herb Dean actually had to go over and like okay. grab him and pull him down because he was on. like, the fight's not over yet. And this was right in the middle of his kind of like, what's wrong with this guy? kind of phase it cemented it i would say yeah would you not would you don't think yeah that, that's when a lot of people are like really what is going on with this dude he also had some problems i think he missed weight at one point so he was just making all of these strange mistakes that's a head case that's that, the definition of a head case right that's there. a head case yeah and then and then he was so bitter in his recent run uh, with world series of fighting he just decided he was going to go over italy while he was under contract and compete over there and that's when he suffered his first loss to your hero, the Viking war chief, uh, what's his friggin' name? Oh, man, Emil Meek. 
Remember Emil Meek brought the axe to wanted to bring the axe to the ring. Couldn't bring it to the U.S. in his UFC debut because he can't get it through customs. Uh, when you said Viking hero, I thought you meant uh, the Dean of Mean, Keith Jardine. I just want to throw throw that name in there. <laughs> that guy was a beauty. He was a beauty. He was a great guy. We're going we're going way back with some of these ones. <sighs> All right, third head case. I got to you know this. I feel a little bit lazy. Taking this one, but so we're taking low hanging fruit on this low, one. Low hanging fruit. Well, there's I think there's maybe a couple low hanging fruit, but I think I, I'm gonna I don't want to call her your girl, but I'm gonna I'm gonna call her your girl, Rhonda. My girl, Rhonda Rousey. I feel like you you ha, I don't know if you still do, but you had some love for that comeback. I feel like. No, I did not. No. No, I did not. Okay. I had, I had zero love. Oh, uh, are you sure? I don't know. I'm I'm ninety nine percent sure. <sighs> I was not on board with that, but she is the definition of a head case. You're absolutely right. I think that a lot of MFA, MMA fans are up on it now. We all see it. We all see what's going through that. She covered her face after her loss against um, uh, Holly Holm. She gets caught at the airport, and the paparazzi are snapping pictures of her. she got to cover her face. What's up with that? No, here's, here's the thing, though. Not to get deep on you here oh, for a boy. second. Not to, get, not to get you know really involved in this, but when you see something like that, is it is it not does your heart not go out to to an athlete like that like is there not more going on behind the scenes when you see something like that i think i would have felt more sympathy had she not doubled down so much on the attitude i think that and that's part of the reason why mma fans turned on her was in equal measure, it's like the Diaz brothers. The Diaz brothers talk smack, and they, they seem like total, you know, some people hate them or you love them. Yeah. But the fact of the matter is that when they go out there and they lose, they don't they don't get all distraught and upset about it. They just act like, fuck yeah, I just didn't have enough fucking time in the ring, man. That guy's a bitch, man. His punches, they were like pillows, yo. And and it's like, they, they, they just, they back it up. They, that's who they are. Rhonda is like, I'm going to beat this person. I don't care what they say. I'm the greatest of all time. I'm going to, I can beat Cain Velasquez. And then she loses her first fight. And all of a sudden it's like, she's she can, this she can beat Cain Velasquez. That was one of her famous ah! moments. She said that in her defense, she was trying to make the point that she has belief in herself. But basically she said that she feels in the right circumstances, she could beat Cain Velasquez. But that's the point is it's like, you're gonna you're gonna say all this stuff. It's like Randy Moss didn't go out there and talk all the smack he talked, and then start crying when he lost a game or when a team didn't want him anymore. That was To. That was To. To cried when they lost the game. It's true. So was his quarterback. I'm a teammate. I'm a quarterback. Ronda Rousey's definitely, she's definitely uh, a head case. One hundred and ten percent. I you know if she proved it, I think she really proved it after her last fight. You know. If you're gonna, by all intents and purposes, she's retired. Look, I believe it seems that way. If you're gonna retire, just come out and say it. Don't hide. Don't lay in the shadow. I mean, just come out. It's over. You know, I did my best. Let's move on. And I, part of me hopes that you know to go back to my emotional emotional Tay side. Hope part of me hopes it's not you know some greater underlying issue but you know what if she's done she did a lot for the sport let's move on we're not trying to be nice during this segment on to the next one head case okay i gotta pick one and we gotta go with 
I feel like this is low-hanging fruit as well, but I have to go with this one. John Jones. That dude's a head case. There's something going on there. What is wrong with John Jones? What's wrong with you? Well, a lot, but not <laughs> as much as John Jones. No. This, I think this one's the one on the list where you have to wonder... John Jones has has done has been involved in a lot of things outside of the cage. Not a lot of his problems seem to be in the cage related. I can only really think of maybe one one in cage moment where I thought this guy's a freaking head case when he's fighting Cormier and he threw up his arms when there was like two seconds left in their fight and Cormier kept on grappling with him and he just turned sucker punched him when Cormier started letting go after the bell after the bell yeah. and that was one of those ones where I was like what the hell this guy's a head case. But for him, he's the quintessential, if you're an NFL fan, you know this kind of guy, where it's like, so talented, but cannot get out of their own way. The Adam Pacman Jones types of the world, where it's like, you could be so good, but you're just such a head case. You're getting yourself in trouble all the time. That's John Jones. He's the MMA version of that. Yeah, you know, uh, I, I don't... I don't mind. Oh, don't get emotional for this one. Man. No, I'm not. No, I'm not giving him the the poor Jones. I mean, clearly, out of anyone, you want to compare him and, and Ronda. Jones has all kinds of issues, major, major issues. But at the end of the day, I mean, do we not like that about him? Is he not MMA? He is MMA's villain. Don't get me wrong. Right. But you want to talk about DC, John Jones, DC? Why is it that when we line up and we watch? them you know leading up to their their previous fight why is dc going you know you're a you're a this that and the other you're a coke you know you've done drugs whatever and he gets booed it's because people love head cases <laughs> i, don't, I, I don't honestly know. could not tell. you know i think that's more along the lines that that it was the that was the perfect intersection of people don't really like daniel cormier and people really wanted to see john jones fight again they just, they, people love the talent. And so that intersection was perfect. It's like, oh, you know what? It's like Ned Flanders trying to insult, you know, uh, Peyton Manning. Like, really, Ned? Like, back off. This is Peyton Manning we're talking about here. You don't, you don't deserve to be in the same room. Does John Jones... Does, does, he, does, come, he... does he come back at the level that he left? <laughs> not counting, not counting OSP. Because OSP, that was not a good showing. I, th I think they will find out real quick. Because either he's been training real hard and been adding new skills while not getting his ass kicked and taking too much damage in these hard fights. Mm -hmm. Or he's been treating it like it's almost like a paid vacation and he's not really been trying. He's just sort of waiting until, well, when I have that UFC you know, fight lined up again, I'll get back in the gym and really work hard. And wing it. And so who knows? I mean, I guess we'll find out what kind of head case he is at that point. All right, we have one more. One more. And this is your boy. Right there. Right at the bottom of the list here. Oh! Your boy. The man. Quentin Rampage Jackson. Please tell us the... I, I still love hearing the story about him going crazy and then leading the cops on a car chase. What was that deal? Years oh. ago? Not only did he do that, man. He Was it not in a jacked up truck with his name on the side of it? Oh yeah. Or, sorry, not name. It was his picture. His it was picture. a great big <laughs> shot. Ah, but you know what? I the best thing I love about that was he he got suspended. He, I remember I went to I can't remember what UFC it was, but I was in Minneapolis. We're sitting there. We're at the weigh-ins. 
you know, everybody's trying to get photos at the end and who walks out? Rampage. Comes over. Rampage, Rampage, can I get a can I get a photo? He goes, Yeah, man, no problem. Guy behind me goes, Rampage, Rampage, take a photo with my girlfriend. This beautiful Asian woman. Rampage looks at me, looks at her, and goes, Come here, honey. Brings her down, takes his picture with her, and I'm like, Oh, Rampage, Rampage. <laughs> and luckily enough, right before we walked away, he snapped one with me, but Oh, I love that guy, man. He's a beauty. I'm sorry, you know, he might not... Uh, John Jones got, got crucified for, you know, the, the hit and run and whatnot. Yeah. I mean, Rampage took some flack for, for what he did. Same, similar uh, instance, yeah. somewhat. But, uh, yeah, I mean, I love the guy, so I, I can't... I really can't get on this Rampage as a head case. I'm sorry. This is going to be you, Reese. He's totally a head case. Come on. He's... His, his contract standoff with... Bellator. Half the time, he never does himself any favors with when he talks. He'll just say some of the the most bizarre things. Like he just recently, he they he during an interview, they were like, "What's your one regret about your career?" He said, "Uh, starting it, starting it, starting yeah. his career." It's like, what is? It's way too late now. Why are you fighting? I I mean, I in one hand, I kind of respect when a fighter or an athlete is sort of open-minded or aware of something enough to say that to say like you know when an nfl player says you know what i don't love the sport because it just destroys my body so i don't i appreciate when guys say that but when rampage says this stuff it's just like it's like he's saying it because he's not really even sure what he's actually sure of he's always just said stuff where it's like yeah i think i feel like i woke up today and i thought man sometimes it's just not worth it yeah you know i it's always interesting when you hear these guys say that at the end of their career when they have their millions in the bank and they're you know, yeah. they've lived the life of you know fame and fortune. You know, would Rampage if Rampage was how old is he? What four? He's is he over forty now? Push, I don't think he's, he's pushing, over forty. He's got to be pushing forty. Does he he's not? pushing it, but I don't think he's over forty. So he's a, he's in his late thirties. If he had you know, not to say that he necessarily would have, but I don't know his, his background. You know, as a young man, but. Rampage, if you were stocking shelves at a grocery store for the last 20 years, would you be saying, oh, you know, I'm, I'm happy with, you know, my life? Or would you be saying, oh, I should have pursued, you know, my love as a young man and, and my passion of, you know, fighting and, yeah. and, and performing in mixed martial arts? I mean, I get it. I get the, you know, the, the, the everything that's coming out about, you know, brain trauma and whatnot, but... I don't, I just think it's, it's hilarious to me that, you know, at the end of your career, oh, you know, I shouldn't have done it. No. Yeah. Okay, well, you know, you, you have millions in the bank, so. Guarantee he was not thinking that when he was powerbombing people in Japan. In Pride? And was this huge well, fan favorite. Yeah. He probably was not thinking that when Joe Rogan was sticking a mic in his face saying, light heavyweight champion of the world, how does that sound? Damn, that feels good as hell. He was definitely not thinking I regret this career right now then. It's only in all this hindsight when he thinks about it. It's like you said, that's why he's a head case. Rampage doesn't think before he speaks. Have you ever seen his video on uh, YouTube of his days in Pride when he's going around in the the uh, mall? No. And and uh, it's you know all the people working at the mall, and he goes up to them and he goes gets them gets them to say things in English, and they have no idea what he's saying. <laughs> so he grabs a he grabs an athletic cup and he goes over to this one uh, this gentleman who's working there, and he goes, "I need something bigger." And the guy's like, "I don't know, I don't know, I don't know." And, and Rampage goes, "Okay." He goes, "Say it after me." He goes. I, and the guy goes, I have a little dick. <laughs> and the guy's like, oh, and oh, man. 
He's love him or hate him. He's a head case. My God, is he? He's an funny. Entertaining he's entertaining. He's, he's an enter, you know he's an entertainer. He's one of those guys. You know you want to talk about all the you know Brock going to WWE or coming from WWE going back. Connor, all the rumors constantly. Rampage is a guy, man. That might have been his calling right there. Is you know should have been sports, a professional wrestler. Sports entertainment. And uh, yeah, who knows? Never say never. But that's the bout. I love that guy, man. What a beauty. What a beauty. Well, Tay, I want to thank you for joining me. Thanks for, for having this me, episode man. of the uh, the Hurt Take. Yeah, it was good. I think you Enjoyed did a it. fine job filling in. We might have to. I'm gonna have to talk to Mitch and have a really hard conversation, dude. Give me a segment. As long as I can talk. <laughs> I, you know what we're I cutting it close. It's 40 minutes at this point, and you're like, I'm I'm running out of material here, no, boys. No, uh, you know what it is. It's just I really. I feel like I'm a few weeks. I'm a few weeks late because I would have loved to been on here to to banter about the Woodley Thompson decision. I don't think we'll ever we'll ever we'll never see eye to eye on that. But uh, you know what? A couple of good cards. Twenty or two two hundred and ten coming up. UFC two ten. Yep. Excited about that. But man, two eleven. That's the limit. Oh my god! Yeah. Let's go. It's yeah. gonna be good. I'm a bit worried about it though. I'm a bit worried because. You know, they did that with 200, and I feel like it's one thing to, to pack a card full of great fights, but you have to space it out in a way where, like with UFC 200, people were watching from the very first fight, and by the time you got to like halfway through the prelims, you're like, fuck man, this, it's been like eight fights in, and these fights are all name people, and you're losing the energy. By the time Brock fought, man, I was exhausted. That's just me. I feel like the pace just had slowed, slowed to a crawl. Down. But that's my worry. That's that's my only worry. Like, if you can get some people on there that aren't super names, but you know that they're going to just show up and blast and throw fists, and someone's probably going to get knocked out, as terrible as that would be to just be like, yeah, someone's going to get knocked out. That's how you got to build it. But I think 211, I agree with you. I, I'm very excited for it. I just hope that it doesn't turn into a slog. And hey, let's not sleep. Let's not sleep because I know you and I have talked about this as well on our man, Mighty Mouse, oh. Demetrius Johnson. I mean, we can't just go, can't just go two ten, two eleven, and not give yeah. the man his due, he's right? He's 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 one of the greats of all time. And he's he's the man, and uh, he does what champions do, and that's dominate everybody who's put in front of him, regardless of the talent level. He's dominated everyone that's put in front of him. That's always the man. We're going to end on that note. I like it. You have been listening to The Hurt Take. I am Reese. He is Tay. Woo-hoo! We are out. <laughs> <laughs>